grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Dear Father, we pray that you will keep your promise this morning that where your word is preached, it will always accomplish your purposes and not return to you void. So grant that it will accomplish your purposes in our lives now. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> if you were to ponder for a minute the four or five most basic necessities that all human beings need, and if I were to ponder them for a moment, I bet you we would come up with the same list of four or five necessities. And so I wanted to find out if my list was the same as everybody else's, and so, of course, I Googled it. And, and sure enough, my list of the five most basic necessities were the same as most everyone else's, except for, of course, the Beatles, who all they need is love. But the rest of us, we need oxygen, and we need water, and we need food, and we need clothing and shelter, and those are the five basic necessities. So don't you find it instructive that when Jesus wants to teach us about worry, he talks about three of those five things, the basic things, the things we need the most, the things without which, cannot, without which we cannot survive in this life. Our lesson for this morning is found in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 25, and Jesus is the speaker, and here is what he says. By the way, we are going to, as you can see from the lesson in your bulletin, we are going to skip about five verses. I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, he says it plainly, doesn't he? There's no parable here. He just says it very plainly so that those of us who hear it will instantly know what he means and that we cannot misconstrue it. In fact, at the beginning, he even emphasizes it by saying this. He says, I say to you, and then he goes on to, to teach them. I, when, I, when I read that, I think of my dad when I was a boy saying to me, look at me when I'm talking to you, right? Maybe you've heard that from your parent. And I kind of I think maybe that's what Jesus is saying. I say to you, so listen up, do not Worry. There it is. About as plain as you can get. Do not worry. And so he establishes, first of all, his main point 
of this passage. And then he goes on to tell us why we need not worry. And so let's begin with his main point, shall we? Do not worry about your life. Now he fleshes that out a little bit. And of course, we, I don't think we can actually grasp this very well the way they did back then because most of us, especially those of us who've grown up in this country, we don't, uh, we don't suffer for want of food, mostly, for the most part, or lack of the basic necessities. But in those days, they were not, they were not very far away from famine. They didn't have great huge storage bins like we have today. They didn't have uh, uh, huge combines to grow their crops, to harvest their crops, big tractors, uh, uh, irrigation, the kinds of things we have today to ensure that no matter what the weather does, we can, we can generally always have a crop. They didn't have that. And so he begins with his main point, do not worry about your life, and he fleshes it out, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And, and uh, the, there's a hidden answer here, and the answer is understood. And it's, well, of course life is more than those things. And I wonder if someone in here might be tempted to say, Lord, Lord, you are aware, or if somebody, one of the apostles was tempted to say, Lord, you are aware that those are the necessities. We need those things, Lord. We've got to have them. We can't live without those things. In other words, if we can't worry about those things, Lord, then what else, what can we worry about? And, and there's the point. It's argument from the greater to the lesser. Now, in a minute, he's going to turn around and give an argument from the lesser to the greater. But that's the point. If you can't worry about those things, neither should you worry about your date on Friday night or the genetics test in 20 minutes. My genetics test in 20 minutes, anyway. <laughs> or a bothersome roommate. Or an upcoming surgery. Or how you can pay your bills. Or any of life's other hard situations. That's what he's saying. None of them are fair game for worry. Now, he's not saying this, and I don't want to in intimate this, that we can't that we can't think about difficult situations and see if we can't solve them. Of course, he's not saying that. He's talking about worrying about them. And I, I'll be honest with you, I have a hard time telling the difference sometimes. I have heard the voice of worry whispering in my ear lots of times, and maybe you have too. I'm well acquainted with it. And it says things like, well... Uh, of course God took care of the disciples. They're good Christians. And, and you've gotten your own self into this predicament. You think God's going to get you out. Or, I know God answered your prayers last year or a few weeks ago or even yesterday. You think he's going to do it again. How many times do you think you can call upon him and he's going to answer? Well, or if, I, if it wasn't, if it, if it was just me, I wouldn't worry, but this isn't me. This is my friend. This is my sister, my brother, my mom or dad, or my child. Worry says, what if? What if this were to happen? What if that were to happen? It's, it's a worst-case scenario mindset, and it's a thief that we use to rob ourselves of God's peace, of joy, 
sometimes sleep. And we've all done it. Everybody in this room. And so Jesus goes on to tell us why we need not worry, which is a good thing because just telling me not to worry doesn't help me not to do it, right? That doesn't help very much. But when he begins to tell us why we need not worry, a a sense of peace comes over me. And so he gives us an object lesson, and he says this, look at the birds, the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap. They don't gather into barns. In other words, they don't worry about tomorrow, if they're going to have enough. And he says this, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And here's the punchline, and maybe there's actually two punchlines, and I just said one, your heavenly Father feeds them, but then this, are you not of more value than they? Somebody might wonder, you know, I don't feel all that valuable to anybody. But you are to God. He places extreme value upon you, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? And the answer is understood again. Well, none of us. And by this, Jesus is saying worry is a useless exercise. What a simple recipe. Look at the birds. Don't just look at them. Look at them and then ponder how your heavenly Father feeds them and takes care for them. You know what? There are birds this winter out in the the wilds of, let's just say, northern Minnesota somewhere that have never seen a bird feeder and never will see a bird feeder, and yet they will make it through this winter just fine, even though no human being sets out the bird feeder. Why? Because your heavenly Father feeds them. Did you notice that's what Jesus says? Your heavenly Father feeds them feeds them. Now he's arguing from the lesser to the greater. Are you not of more value than they? And the answer is understood. Of course you are of more value than they. Why? Because God has placed that value upon you. You say, well, I don't don't feel like it. I don't feel like I'm of such great value. The good thing is it doesn't matter what your feelings say. What God says is true. That's the truth. And he says, you are of more value than many sparrows. I think that's the way Luke puts it. Well, let me just ask a silly question. To which flock of birds has God ever made a promise that he will answer their prayers? (laughs) None that I'm aware of. I don't speak bird, but I mean, I don't know if he has said that to them, but to you, you know what he says? Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. To which of the birds did God say, I have loved you with an everlasting love? He says that to you. To which of the birds did God say, or did God send his only son to be a sacrifice and pay for their sins? Which of the birds, because of that sacrifice, is he going to have in heaven living with him forever? As far as we know, none of them, but he has you on his mind when he sent his son. It was your sins he paid for. And he says to you, now believe me, because I want you to live in heaven with me forever. I want you to be my child forever and live with me forever. And so the implication of this this whole point, the implication that Jesus says here is the same thing that St. Paul says when he says, 
How shall he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? And that is why we don't need to worry. And freed from worry, we can seek first the kingdom of God. Let me mention just one more thing for about 45 seconds. If that's the way God feels about you, if he is your heavenly father, if he's gone through all the trouble of adopting you, making you his own in baptism, and he wants you, don't you, don't you want to walk closely with a God like that? Don't you want to love him back? Don't you want to serve him back? That's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is to walk closely with the Lord Jesus day by day because he is God's righteousness for us. Well, I guess I'm done. I guess we'll quit. And so may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Would you please rise and open your hymnal if you would please, to page 169 in the four part of the hymnal, there is a prayer there for Wednesday morning that really well summarizes what our passage has just been saying to us. And would you join with me on page 169 in the four part of your hymnal, the prayer for Wednesday morning. And we'll pray that together. Unto you, O Heavenly Father, I direct my first thoughts and lift up my heart in prayer that I may live and walk in you alone. Be my fortress this day as you have been my protection through this night, for which I thank you with my whole heart. Watch this day also over my soul and my members. May I also turn to you in true penitence. Cleanse me from all wickedness and uncleanness. May I walk in your fear in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and trusting in his precious merits, give myself to you altogether with all that you have bestowed upon me. Bless me in him with whatever pleases you. Grant me wisdom and strength to perform the duties of the calling in which you have placed me. May your holy angels accompany me and mine in all our ways and help us to walk together in love in the narrow path which leads to your heaven. To this end, help us by your Holy Spirit. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.